What's up, y'all? Welcome into another episode of SSPN. My name's Jude McLaren alongside Ethan Quintero. Maybe he's over here. Maybe he's over there. I don't know. Um, you see the DeJounte Murray jersey got put up in the background, so we're trying to upgrade the setup um, a little <laughs> bit. But finally, we're into our final position group, Ethan. And before we get into anything, I know people want us to jump into it, but thank you guys so much for the support recently. Those last two videos of like 600 plus views or something. I was like, yeah, and then I'm just seeing the subscribers go up. It's like, whoa. Um, so I appreciate you guys so much. But with that being said, Ethan, let's just get into these centers, man. So the only two guys that we've got on contract is Jakob Pertle and Derek, uh, I was going to say Derek White, Drew Eubanks. Um, and then you, we've had this happen in episodes in the past. It happened to me. Now it happened to you. Um, and that's just, we forgot about some people who are also on the roster for this video. So take it away, Ethan. Yeah, let's uh let's start with our late season contribution. Uh, that's Gorgie Jang at the center position. He came in late, only played sixteen games, didn't start any of them. Um, I think I don't know if you remember this, dude. He literally got hurt his first game, which is and then he got. I'm pretty sure he played again and got hurt again. So yeah, it was kind of it was just tough. thing for him. It was again the injury bug bit the Spurs in the backside once again. Um, he was in, initially brought in to be a guy to kind of space the floor and be another seven-footer that can rebound and help out and potentially be that backup center that we so desperately were looking for. And because of injuries and a couple other reasons, Drew Eubanks kind of took that spot away from him, so he kind of got relegated back to that third-string center. Um, regardless of that, I think Gorgie played you know, pretty well considering he was kind of thrown into the mix really late in the season. He had a couple games where he was really hot from three, which we desperately needed throughout the season, and uh, just provided another big body that we could put in the paint. And I think he played he, – he had he had some minutes trying to stop um, – who, who's that big guy from Memphis? Jonas Valachunas in the play-in tournament. Yeah, and, and they were teammates as well. So, and, and honestly, I think he played – I mean, Jonas was killing us that whole game, and Gorgie probably defended him better than both Eubanks and Pirtle. I think both of them were in foul trouble early on. R regardless of that, Gorgie, not much to say. He only played 16 games. I don't think he would be coming back, maybe. Is he under contract? You said no. Yeah, he, he is not under contract. Um, with him, it's like maybe you bring him back on a veteran deal. Yeah. You know, at, at most, it's like he's going to be a third-string guy. Um, he's a really like he would be a, once again a great third string center who can yeah. space the floor. Um, and honestly, if you wanted to run a big lineup, you could probably play him at the four too if you really wanted to. He's six. He's six ten. So, um, I mean, he can play both of those spots. I it just kind of hurt when he came in. Right, he was a late season addition to just add some depth to that um, those bigs in the front that we really didn't have. He was on the buyout market, so. There's yeah. not really too much to you can take away from Gorgie Jang's season with the Spurs. Wish him nothing but the best if he decides to leave or if he decides to stay. I don't think he'll stay because yeah. of what if he said. If he takes a minimum contract plus to be our third-string center, I'm down. I'm on, I'm on, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. on board. We'll take you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we should move on to our next guy. And they, to, this is the other guy that I forgot about when we were initially planned to do this video, and that is LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, he came in as a power forward initially when we brought him in, but he became a center in his old age. And unfortunately he got bought out and we didn't really get anything from him. He had a, a small stint playing career with the Brooklyn Nets before he had that unfortunate heart problem that made him retire early. 
sad for LaMarcus. I have nothing but respect for LaMarcus Aldridge. I love him to death. He played tremendous Thanks. basketball in his career here. He never could lead us to a championship, but that wasn't entirely his fault because we had the whole Kawhi fiasco. Yeah, like maybe he could have. Who knows? But. Yeah. We'll never know, but he, he finished his uh, career, his last season with the Spurs, averaging 14 points on 26 minutes. Not amazing, but not bad either. I think it was definitely evident when he left the Spurs that we had a hole in our team uh, at that big man position. You know, which is why Rudy started to play there, mm-hmm. and then it was just really small ball after that. And that's but, why we brought in Gorgie to replace that some some size, and it didn't quite match the same productivity. And I think a lot of Spurs fans, including myself, I don't want to speak for you, Jude, were kind of hard on Lamarcus this last couple of years. And you know, being hard on him is probably you know warranted because he didn't play up to his potential necessarily and he also oftentimes went missing in late game situations and stuff like that we can get into that later but you know averaging 14 points at his age being a guy that can go get you a bucket and also just be a, a you know a presence underneath you know you can't put a price tag on that and it was definitely obvious that we were missing that presence throughout the season once he decided to leave ultimately yeah, I think I think the phrase "you never know what you have until it's gone" mm-hmm. is is about the most like fitting way to describe this Lamarcus situation. Um, we kind of saw like yes, when he first you know got not necessarily bought out or wasn't with the team, wasn't really playing, you know, or, or, or around that really that the turning point for the season, which was you know after the Charlotte game where we're eighteen and thirteen and our two young stars or stars you think right um the two young guys that we just gave big contracts to just led us to a victory it was like you know it felt great then and then as the season goes on they start to adapt they start to learn these guys um you know their play styles especially Kelvin, as we talked about in last episode um you know you just kind of remembered those 15 points that lamarcus can is just skilled enough to go out and get or or even 20 points some nights um were, were definitely missed. And I wonder, you know, if he did play, how many more games the Spurs would have won? Maybe maybe they would have been in a in a, a, a an eight situation or maybe they're even the nine seed, who knows? Um, but those 15 points uh, added on to what the Spurs did this year, that would have won them, I feel like, a lot of close games that they lost. Yeah, and, and LaMarcus, I mean, it's not all great things. I mean, he was yeah. – like a terrible defender, especially at this point, at this point, at this point, he's been a, he's been a solid defender in the past. Yeah. But this new, this new era of everyone needs to be able to switch on to perimeter guys. I mean, he, he would just get cooked. Anyone that had even a little bit of a handle, they could get past LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, And I think LaMarcus suffered from the same things that DeMar kind of suffered from, which was he never quite fit the system that the Spurs. He tried to fit in. He, he tried, tried to start shooting a, yes. at the beginning of this year. And and I this is one of the reasons why I think we were too hard on LaMarcus because mm-hmm. he did everything he could for us. Yeah, and when your two best players, I've, I've thought about this for a long time, ever since we got DeMar DeRozan, when your two best players, DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, score from the same spots on the floor, it is difficult for them to go, coexist on a winning team because they're only going to get in each other's way. We see it with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid where they both need to play like basically get right underneath the basket to be effective or one of them is going to be less effective. And I think that's what we suffered from. If we had paired LaMarcus with somebody like, like a Bradley Beal, like someone that can score from the outside and create his own shot from the perimeter more so than Tamar, 
perhaps we have a better team overall and a better duo, but that's just something that, um, you know, we got stuck with, with that whole Kawhi trade, but again, nothing but respect for LaMarcus. I hope he, I hope he makes a comeback. I think that was in the story, in the story for a while was that if his heart problem kind of subdues a little bit, he would try and make a comeback to a team and play again. I hope he can. That would do be that. awesome. I didn't see that part, so that would be freaking awesome if he could do that. Because I was really hoping. You know, I was thinking. Obviously, there were a lot of injuries this year, um, but I thought as soon as he signed with the Brooklyn Nets, I was like, you know what, Lamarcus is going to go get himself a chip. He going. Yep. He's going to retire. He's going to be happy. And then, of course, that happens. And then, even unfortunately for Lamarcus, he could have still got a ring this year, but then Kyrie Irving gets hurt and James Harden gets hurt. And they still take the buck seven, yeah. by the way. But and they're um, half an inch which, away from winning that game. Which exactly with with a James Harden on one leg. Imagine if they have Kyrie, and then you consider now that the Bucks go on to the NBA Finals. Right now, uh, in a in a well in a fully MB, healthy NBA, we may be looking at somebody different out of the West too. Who knows? But um, maybe maybe it is still the Suns. I actually could see that still. Um, but I definitely think that Brooklyn, um, you know, at full strength. They would have, I really think they would have won the championship this year. And I'm sad that LaMarcus will not get a ring because of that. Me too. Me too, Jude. And uh, last point on LaMarcus, what we saw in the bubble when he didn't play, uh, we saw that speed and transition game from the, from the young core and DeMar. I was really excited to see LaMarcus fit into that new system at the center spot. And I think Jakob plays better when he was behind LaMarcus Aldridge. And I, he plays better they, off the bench. Yes, he just he does. does. And it's just sad that they couldn't work it out. And that, um, I mean, I'm not saying that he was like a bad sport and he just demanded that he be, you know, bought out. By no, Spurs, it was, it was a mutual. Yeah. It's a mutual thing. Yeah. Uh, but best of luck to him and his heart problem. Uh, yes. who, who do you want to move on now? We got two choices. So I think we can, we, we already kind of talked about Jakob just a little bit there. So let's roll, roll right into him. He ended up becoming our starting center. Um, after LaMarcus's just his injury, he had that little injury for a while, which I think already was kind of the writing was on the wall. Um, and then we hear that, you know, okay, he's out again tonight, but this time it's not because of his ankle or whatever. It's because of, you know, personal, not with the team. And then we hear all the reports from Shams and everybody. So all of us know, okay, well, Jakob Pertl is our starting center. Um, and I think after that point, I think just with Jakob, and I think you might've mentioned this on another episode of some sort, but it's just like, there's only a few little things that he needs to get better at. And then he's just going to be a solid center because he's already mm-hmm. good. He can, he can run the floor. Um, he's got the length and he's got the athleticism. I'd like to see if he can maybe put on just a little bit more weight, not too much because I want him to still be able to run the floor. Like I like, and I don't want him to be uncomfortable in his body either because when players try to do that and be something that, you know, their body just really isn't, um, then, you know, that can lead to injuries and a lot of other issues. So, um, maybe just a little bit more weight, like 10, five, 10 more pounds, just to add some strength in the post. Cause there were times where he just got, you know, bodied a little bullied a little bit. He is seven, one and two forty five or whatever, but when you're two forty five and seven foot one, that makes you pretty slender. Um, <laughs> and so just, I, I like that whenever he would have defensive effort, and he would make those big blocks or whatever. It was like, okay, this is what you can do all the time. I just need to see it all the time. I need to see that effort um, all the time with Jakob because he's the talent is there. The physical tools are there. I think it's just, he's still a younger player um, getting a little bit more skilled. 
um, in some offensive areas. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I guess the free throws are a big thing, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm not, like, going to ask Jakob to become a good free throw shooter. I'm just, like, I don't, you know, like, Shaq was never a good free throw shooter. That doesn't mean that he's not a top five player all time or top ten player all time, wherever you want to put him. Um, and I just think with with Jakob, it's just a, a couple little things that that he needs to work on. And I think, I feel like what he needs to work out on, like, what his weakness is, and I know I'm, like, not being super specific in naming what they are right now, but... I just think that there are things that come with like playing the game. Like, I think that just with your, like, he's just going to get better at positioning. He's going to get, you know, a little, his hands are going to get a little bit better every season. You know, there's going to be a little less turnovers, you know, um, you know, like an illegal screen, just kind of stuff like that. Like little things from Jakob. I feel like we kind of saw that throughout the year. It wasn't the majority of the time, but, but it would happen every once in a while. And if he can just kind of clean that up, I think that, you know, he, he's a, he's just a positive player for us. I agree with everything that you said. And I do want to, I want, I want to preface what I'm about to say with this statement. And that's, I think Jakob Pertl met expectations this season. Oh. I don't think he surpassed them. And I don't think he underperformed. I think a lot of people are really hard on Jakob Pertl, but nine points, eight boards, two blocks. That's pretty much where I thought he would be. I didn't expect him to all of a sudden become a Tim Duncan or, you know, or LaMarcus Aldridge. Like that's not who he is right now. And he, his growth is going to be, you know, it's not so much of a steep incline anymore. It's kind of leveled off. And if, if anything, it's just going to get slightly better from this point. And there's just a couple things that if he can improve on, like you said, he's going to be that stereotypical perfect Popovich center that doesn't need to be the star, but just fill his role. Um, his defense is, is pretty much already there. You said he gets bullied by better centers, and that's true. I think that's just going to happen. But that's just exactly yeah, that's like just everybody's happen. everybody's going to get bullied by Joel Embiid, you know? And uniquely Jokic and apparently Valachunas, but well, that's another category. That's another topic. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, apparently. But I think that there's three things that Jakob Pertl can improve on for next season, the first of which and the most important is just aggression. You know, if he can have the same motor as Drew Eubanks – he has more talent than Eubanks. He's more skilled than Eubanks. If he can just throw it down, play harder, you know, push some people down, you know, if he gets called for charges, so be it. But throw his body into those smaller guys that are defending him and dunk the basketball. If he can just make that mental adjustment, he will be 10 times better next season. The other thing, and you kind of touched on it, is hands. Just the ability to catch the ball. For some reason, he, he fumbles it a lot. Yes. On pick, pick and roll, but he'll be diving to the basket. And Derek or DeJounte will just get right in his pocket. And he just lets it go and fumbles the ball. And it's, it's so infuriating. And I think if he could just get the ball higher, keep it up by his head, that would eliminate a lot of those he needs to, needless he, turnovers. He needs to get his hands rating up in 2K. Yeah, apparently so. It's probably like at a 45 right now. Get it, get it to a 70. Get it to a 70, Jakob, and then, then we're rolling. And, and the last thing, I mean, he has an underrated post game, I think. So I don't know if he has any more moves that he can just all of a sudden become like an Akeem Olajuwon or anything like that. Yeah. But just, I think he needs to fix that push shot. And that is an extremely inconsistent and ugly shot. And it's slow and it's easy to defend. And everyone that watches the Spurs games knows exactly what I'm talking about. Or he's, excuse my dogs barking in the background, <laughs> where he, he stands like 10 feet away from the rim and he like, like puts it one hand, like an old school 50s center and, and just shoves it up in the air. And it's so and sometimes it goes in, but yeah, it, it, it's like a prayer shot. I think if he just fixes that and makes that a more consistent shot, then 
you know, now he's a, a, a much better threat as far as scoring the basketball. And he doesn't need to average a lot of points. He's averaging, I think I said, nine points this season. Get that to 11, and I think that's a much – just get it to 11, Jakob. I think that's – Literally that's one more shot of. a game. Yeah, just <laughs> one more shot a game and maybe improve on the efficiency a little bit, and he's there. And as far as his free throw shooting, we all saw how it just god-awful he was this year. But I think if he just gets a clean slate, you know, next season – start off a little bit better. I think it was really a mental thing. I don't think it was him being a terrible shooter. I think he just, you know, after missing so many in a row and then all of a sudden everyone knows, oh, he's horrible. Let's scream yeah. and scream stuff at him. Or we're going to hack a Jakob. Yeah. yeah, it just got to his head. So I think starting on a clean slate next year will fix a lot of, a lot of that, um, those issues. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just think that with Jakob, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this because I remembered there was something that you said. And of course now it's escaping me considering that we're recording. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, just, just get better at the little things. I, I like the aggressiveness point that you made. Oh, here's what I was going to say. I think that at best um, what we can hope, what I envision Jakob in my brain for the Spurs is a Rudy Gobert type of player, not Rudy Gobert, not all-star defensive player of the year, every year. That'd be awesome if he could do that. Um, who knows? I don't know. Um, but I think that if he could just kind of that type of player, that's kind of the archetype that the Spurs can, can build Jakob, um, or build around Jakob like that. He's like a, he's, I don't mean, I don't want to say this in a disrespectful way, but like he can be a discount, a discount Rudy Gobert. (laughs) I know exactly what you're saying. I don't, I feel like that's disrespectful to Jakob. But it's that's not. just the best way that I can describe it. Like you're just, you know, you're you're just the you're gonna get what we need to do done. You know, just a little bit of the cheaper version. Yeah, Rudy's <laughs> much more athletic and much more aggressive. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Jakob and he have the same, like you said, player. archetype. Yeah. Like they're the mm-hmm. same kind of player. So, and and that's why I think he was so much more effective off the bench. Like not only was he a part of that bench mob in Toronto, so he kind of knows how to bring the energy, and you're playing against lesser players, but. You know, I don't know, maybe, and that could be a question that we'll have to get into um, at some point if, if maybe the Spurs need another center where Jakob can play that backup role. But we'll save that for later. Let's talk about Drew Eubanks, unless you got anything else to say on Jakob. Yeah, no, let's get into my baby Drew. I love Drew Eubanks. <laughs> All right, do you want to, well, I'll let you start then. <laughs> Everyone that watches this channel and Jude, you guys know how much I love Drew Eubanks um, because of his energy because of his just sheer aggressiveness. Like I've said this countless times to friends of mine, if I were seven feet tall or six, nine in Drew's case, he plays exactly how I would play if I was in the NBA. Every time he touches the ball, he's trying to dunk on somebody. He's trying to create havoc. He's setting hard screens. He's trying to block every shot. I don't care if LeBron James is coming full steam down the lane toward him. He's going to go up and try and block it. You know, he's not afraid of being on a poster. and I think he has a lot of raw talent. I don't think he's – let me say this for people in the comment section. He's not going to be a starting caliber, all-star level center. I don't. I think that's way too far-fetched. Can he be a, a spark plug? Like I think he's proved that he can be a spark plug off the bench. Um, he has an underrated post game. We saw glimpses of that, especially in the G League. If you all go back and watch his G League highlights from when he was a rookie and sophomore before he actually started getting minutes with the Spurs, he is a capable scorer down low. He's, a, he's got sky hooks. He's got, he's got everything down low. Uh, and as far as defending, he's, he's, I mean, he's a good shot blocker. 
um, I think he's a little bit better, honestly, than Jakob as far as switching on to smaller players because he's such a raw athlete. But I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He can be exposed just as much, if not more, than Jakob Pertl once he gets switched onto a smaller guard. Um, I think that there will definitely be better options at the center position come free agency or perhaps the draft to replace Drew Eubanks or take away minutes from Drew Eubanks. But he absolutely, as far as this season is concerned, surpassed expectations. Nobody thought that he would play like a lick of minutes. And he, uh, he played about 14 minutes a game, started three, and he averaged five and a half points and three rebounds. You know, that, that's pretty solid from somebody that went undrafted out of Oregon State, didn't start playing basketball until I think his like late in high school career. He was a baseball player, you know. Um, so overall, I was, I was very happy with what Drew Eubanks brought to the team, especially when we lost LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, and I hope he continues to improve. But like I said, if the Spurs go out and get somebody to replace him or take minutes away from him, I will totally understand he is not going to be an all-star. He is just a, a spark plug off the bench, in my opinion. Yeah, so see, this is when you're talking about this, Ethan, it almost it almost hurts hurts my my heart and my soul because yeah. you, you love your Drew Eubanks, but even you're like, but, but you're just, you know. I got to stay honest seeing, with myself. You, yes, you're seeing the writing on the wall. Okay, the good news is Drew Eubanks is on the roster next year regardless because mm-hmm. we have a team option on him and it's like $1.7 or something. So we're keeping him regardless. Yes. Um, and, and that should be a positive thing. Even if he does get replaced down the road, that should be a positive thing. The only notch that I have on Drew, it has nothing to do with effort. It has, it really doesn't even have anything to do with anything mental. Like, yeah, sometimes there are some mental lapses by him. They're very rare, honestly, yet less than Jakob for the most part. Um, and like you just said, the aggression, the explosiveness, the, you know, willingness to dunk on somebody um, that's huge for Drew. So here is actually what I want to see from Drew Eubanks, because we saw it a couple times this year. We saw him hit corner threes. Okay. Mm. He's got a pretty nice shot. So here is my idea for Drew Eubanks. And I think the Spurs are already on this. Drew Eubanks can run the floor. And you mentioned, yes, his perimeter defense, it's not going to, you know, really stand up that well against elite guards. But at the same time, I do think that he has a much better, you know, perimeter, just defensive stance than, than a Jakob Pertl. He's got a much better chance out there than him. I would like to see if Drew Eubanks can just get in the gym with Chip England, literally all summer shooting threes, and he can become just a decent three-point shooter. Okay. We can play him at the four. We really can because he can run. He can run the floor. He, yes, he has a post game, but we know he already can shoot mid ranges decently, right? So if he can just become like I know that's a big task, right? But he has some potential with what we've seen, um, the little that we've seen, um, and if he can just I know this this is a, like going to be a two to three year process, but I don't know if Drew Eubanks can get a decent three point shot on him, he's somebody that we could also play at the four. And with the Luca problem which we've mentioned, if he ends up, if Luca just ends up being, you know, um, it just doesn't end up working out next season, Eubanks would be a great other option to play at the four position because he can guard fours and he's not going to really have a height disadvantage in that situation unless you're playing like the Mavericks or something and it's Chris Stapps. But like, you know, in most situations at 6'9", six, six, he's going to be fine. He's going to be able to play defense on the perimeter against him. He's going to be able to play defense in the post against fours. 
Um, he's going to be able to post up against fours. He's going to be able to dunk on fours. And he'll be able to shoot over fours if that shot is there. So when I talk about Drew Eubanks, I, I would like to, and, and maybe in some small ball lineups, we can still run him at center. Um, I wouldn't be mad if he's still our backup center going into this year, because even if we could upgrade on Eubanks, once again, it's like, we're not winning a championship this year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be mad at him being our backup center still. I think that you put the, hit the nail on the coffin. He probably was the player out of anybody on the roster that exceeded the most expectations. You could say maybe Devin Vassell is somebody else, but the thing is, like, Eubanks ended up consistently playing. So yeah. I would argue that he was definitely the, the biggest um, come-out-of-nowhere player this year for the Spurs. Um, and he's in the Instagram post. So not yes, only does he, he have a team option, but he's in the Instagram post. So he should be good. <laughs> Reading <laughs> between being the on the lines, roster. Dude, right. I like it. <laughs> and the last thing I want to say about um, uh, Drew Eubanks is on the offensive side of the ball, I think another issue he had last year was kind of knowing where he needed to be. Um, I mean, he had good positioning as far as getting put back dunks and rebounds, which is great. But I got a lot, a lot of times I would see him like, setting picks in the wrong places and Rudy having to tell him like you're in the wrong spot, go on the other side of the floor, you know, move around, get away from me. And um, I think that that'll just come with experience maybe. And, and knowing, go ahead. If we get, if he does get a little bit better on that three point shot, then he's going to have more places to be on Mm -hmm. the floor. It creates more threats and opens up the offense as far as our bench play, which will allow him to probably have a better idea of where he should place himself. Yes. 100%. 100%. And having an offseason where he knows mentally, okay, I'm probably going to play. Maybe I should figure out during the offseason <laughs> where I'm going to be in the offense. So that'll help him a lot as well. All righty. Well, I'll just end this off by I remember like at some point last season, there was like there were clips of, of Eubanks in practice shooting threes too. So I don't think that this is just a like a this year thing. Like I think this is something that they've been working on with him. And I think I really think that they think he could play the four. So if that was a possibility for Eubanks, that would be huge for our depth because I think that he could be he could at, at a four position if he can develop a just some sort of jump shot, he could be a Draymond. Okay, once again, he's not going to be a Draymond Green, but he could be a Draymond like player for us off the bench. So. Fingers crossed. I mean, I would love that if that if that was right. a possibility. Right. I would... <laughs> yes. All right, y'all. Well, thanks so much for watching this episode of SSPN. We're going to be back soon with a podcast episode for you guys this week, just talking about a lot of news that has happened. Will Hardy's on the Celtics. Ime Udoka's on the Celtics, even though he wasn't on the Spurs anyway. Uh, (laughs) The list goes on and on, but we're going to wrap this one up. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for watching SSPN. This has been our positional breakdown of the centers. Oh, and before we go, one last thing. We are going to be on a show tomorrow. So you can check it out if you want us to go live. It's with another Spurs YouTuber. It's the Spurs Film Room with Rob Trejo. So y'all check that out. We'll be on his show tomorrow. Um, he's got a good little following over there. Some of y'all may, who are subscribed to us may already be subscribed to him. And if you aren't, go check that out. Thank you guys so, so much for the support. It's been awesome. We're going to keep putting out content. I've been Jude. That's been Ethan or that way, whichever way it is. And we'll see you guys next time.